You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. It's the quietest time of the week, Sid Talk. How so? You know, the, the 10 seconds that we have to stay quiet <laughs> before the podcast so we can count it in. You know what? I'm going to take that as an insult. <laughs> just so, just so everyone's clear. I'm yeah. going to take that as a direct comment on my talking. It literally is the only 10 seconds in the whole week that Sid Talk is not saying something. Is yeah, that right? that's not accurate, by the way. You are called Sid Talk. There for are many a times when I'm sitting here quietly doing my business, focused on something, and I hear, oh, da 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 so I don't know that I do the most talking in the what, family. What the hell are you watching? <laughs> I'm not watching anything. <laughs> You're over there doing the blah, 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 YouTube, blah, 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 video game, blah, 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 Stephen King, blah, 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 blah. Stephen movie, movie, King? <laughs> Whatever you're talking about. I, I don't Popular think you've ever about Stephen King. <laughs> yes, you would if it came up in something that was important to you. No, I don't like Stephen King very much. That's what I'm saying. So let's say he wrote the next video game movie and was the director of it. You would tell me. And I would be sitting here quietly listening. So wow. let's not delude. You are you're making not... a lot of false assumptions. Uh-uh. Nope. Yes. No. All right. So it is Saturday, August the fifth. It is after the show. This is uh, number four hundred and ninety-one. We are a podcast. We review movies, and this week's movie is Free Fire. I told Sidtok this week that we were watching a movie called Free Fire, and then she kept saying, "What's it called?" <laughs> she couldn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, "What?" What did you think? What do you I was mean? Saying? I don't know. You're like, for that. For that. So I just, I gave up after a while. No, Free Fire. It's a 2016 movie, uh, released on Blu ray, July the 18th. So you can pick this one up now. It's rated R for mature shooting and swearing. And, uh, that's, that, that's my official, um, <laughs> ratings. I'm the ratings board. And uh, it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And uh, Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the movie. Uh, so, uh, Stephen King. A uh, an, a gun-selling deal gone bad. And everyone involved has a gun of their own. Correct. That's about it. I oh. mean, there's not a lot more to it. There's no like bigger story than that. So No. So, uh, let's get into this movie. Uh have you? Did you know anything about this movie? Did nothing. You see the trailer. Didn't even know what you were saying when you were telling me the name. So no, knew nothing. No. So, um, Free Fire is the latest movie from director Ben Wheatley, and uh, executive produced by Martin Scorsese of all people. I can see why Martin Scorsese would back this project. Hmm. You know him personally. Uh, I know what he likes, hmm. and I've I've watched his films. Interesting. He likes guns, and he likes mobster. Uh, bad people types criminals right. right that's what this movie's about um so movie uh there will be spoilers so go and watch this movie because uh spoiler we actually quite liked it um go and see it come back and then listen to what we say or don't come back <laughs> and uh go and do something else so um yeah it's really really simple the the story to this movie there's a deal going down. There's one side has got some cash. The other side has got some guns. 
the guns need to be bought, so they pick a warehouse in the middle of nowhere so they're not interrupted by police or whatever. They walk into a warehouse, they start to do a deal, some other things creep into the deal that makes people pissed off at each other. And then I would say 60 minutes of this 90-minute movie is an actual... It's a shootout. It's one side shooting the other side. And you're thinking, well, that wouldn't last long, a shootout. Because uh, unless there's thousands of people on each side, when which there isn't, there's, what, how many is on each side? Maybe five? I think, six? yeah. Um, but it's it's like the old Wild West... Shootout. Somebody's hidden behind something. Somebody's hidden behind. I said th- today I was watching good old uh, Gunsmoke on MeTV, and that's what I was thinking. Like, God, men are so lame. They just love this guns and shit and just shooting each other. And there was a whole probably five minute scene of dudes in cowboy suits, of course, diving behind the water bin thing that the horses drank out. Men diving behind wagons. Men falling off of the. The little porches up, you know, how they turn around, ah, and they fall into a hay pile. I mean, it went on and on and and showing the men close up, like, firing their weapon. But it wasn't quite nicely as choreographed as this. It was just relentless. Like that. So what Sid Talk is saying is... (laughs) And at that point, I was like, ugh, this is boring. Yeah. um, Brie Larson in the extras for this movie actually kind of (laughs) also has that same opinion. She's like... These boys are really into these guns, yeah. and I don't really give a shit. <laughs> well, she's like, I don't have a relationship with my gun I don't the way really the men do. Understand it or know what type it is? Like, I mean, they're all nerding out over the guns, and she's yeah. not. No. So, uh, and I'm sure there are some ladies out there who love guns. Sure, I'm not discounting you people, but I agree. There are women, and I don't have anything against guns and at I, all. I don't care if you own a tank in the in your backyard or you have an arsenal. That is, that's not my issue. It's this idea of watching. Minutes and minutes and minutes of non-dialogue, non-story driven, pew, 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 ah, ooh, ah, ooh, falling and jumping and crawling now in, we have- in one context. Now, as we go along with this review, you will be surprised at my actual point of view about this movie. So, now we, Yeah, we are talking about Gunsmoke there, not this movie. Uh, yeah. No, we're but, talking about this movie too. <laughs> but this movie does have a similar, it's an old-fashioned shootout movie. It's just brought, yep. up, brought up today. Well, it's actually set in the 1970s. It's totally, it's totally just like any other old... The director, um, Ben Wheatley, said in an interview I just looked at that uh, the only reason it's set in the 1970s, not because it's cool or people look cool, that wasn't the idea. The idea was he couldn't have cell phones or any reason for anybody to not be... He wanted... If they had cell phones and it was modern day, he wouldn't... They'd be phoning the police, or they'd be phoning somebody to yeah, come help them. Exactly. But they they couldn't have that because that's not how it works. If they kept phoning for people to come and help them, then it would be a different movie. So, um, yeah. But the seventies thing does add a coolness to it, I think. Of so co- you always think that. Yeah, I do. I like it. Um, so how this movie is structured, I really liked um, because. It's actually really intense at the beginning before they even pull any guns because you can feel the tension between people. There's tension brewing between all all of these people. And some of these people have got wacky kind of uh, personalities that are rubbing other people the wrong way. Some people are there for their own kind of, you know, benefit. 
Definitely. Uh, you don't know really what's who's what and what's going on, but it starts to get really intense pretty quick. And I liked the parts even when they weren't shooting. But then when it gets down to shooting, at first I thought, okay, if we're going into a shootout now and this is what it's going to be, how is that going to stay interesting for the rest of this movie? You know, is it going to be fatiguing or, or am I going to, you know, am I going to be like, oh God, this is boring now? And where did you land on this? No, I didn't find it boring at all, because whatever this director did, Ben Wheatley guy, he kept it interesting, and how he kept it interesting was, and I'm usually against this kind of stuff, like wacky one-liners and kind of quips, and but it's kind of funny, like, it's a really funny movie. It's a really dark subject, <laughs> and it's a really dark situation, but there's a lot of really funny stuff in it, like, and that's what kept it interesting for me because some of the things that come out of the mouths are actually well not actually they're hilarious like i mean it's i was going to compare it to like tarantino but his dialogue's not quite tarantino's dialogue is more on the serious side this is just like people and they they just throw insults at each other and you know it's quite funny what did you think of that aspect which the comedy yeah like it's not overdone. It's no. not like um I agree. It is it fits in the right slots at the right time. And it feels natural almost, except for it's got that one step above how real people would react, but it's almost like your your fantasy of how you would react. Like you wouldn't be Hasta la Vista baby, but you might be the guy who says who shrugs your shoulder and goes like I don't like, just don't shoot me, dude, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's that one little step above how humans would react, and that's why I think it fit. And I laughed several times, and I was just like... Because the comedy often was linked right with something horrible and gory, if you notice. Yeah, pretty, it was. Pretty close by. I thought it was done just... It was balanced just right. I like a well-balanced... My favorite, my favorite line was Shalto Copley's character, Vernon, gets shot. And uh, he makes himself some cardboard, what looks like cardboard armor. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them yells at him, nice cardboard armor, um, Vernon. And he goes, it's protection for my infection. <laughs> but it's just like, I mean, that doesn't sound funny, but it is funny in it the moment. It doesn't sound funny, no. In the moment, it's really funny. Like, um, There's some very funny stuff, but like, it, like I say, again, it's also quite intense violence as well. Absolutely. I mean, people getting shot, there's... Heads getting crushed, there's people burning, there's, you know, it gets pretty... It sounds really goreful. Gorific. But generally, it doesn't play horrific, does it? Like, mm -mm. It, you don't go, oh my... It's not like a horror movie or like a hostile -y type thing or anything. It doesn't get that crazy, even though it does when that van does its thing. Yep. But it always seems light-hearted in a way, I don't know. I also thought another thing about this movie... When it starts and when you realize what is happening, I always had it in my mind that nobody is getting out of this, so I don't have to, like, I'm not really rooting for anybody in particular. Yeah, I, I felt that way, too. I cared Yeah, how each of them resolved their own, like, they don't have a story, but we get enough about them. To have a little bit of like, oh, I know that how that guy kind of is, and then to be interested in how they end up dying or crawling out 
but not necessarily whether they win or lose or whatever. I was just more like, oh. Because how it works, every person has their own individual story that has been set up in the first 20 minutes. You kind of know the motivations or they get into a situation and you understand how one person feels about the other. Like, he's definitely going to kill that guy if he sees him or he's going to save him or she's going to... You know, Brie Larson's the only female in the uh, cast and, uh, like, uh, Vernon says to her, oh, you you just get up, you're a bird. Nobody's going to shoot at a bird. And she... In, Spoiler alert. You know. Uh, <laughs> and that's not, first, that's not no, correct. At first, nobody does shoot at her, but eventually they don't really give a shit and they shoot at everybody. But, um, yeah, you understand... This is also point. your classic um, anti-hero or non-hero hero type of story where you might attach to one of these people, but no one, just like, just like, uh, Clint says it in, you know, uh, uh, for, unforgiven. We've all got it coming. You know, when the kid says, but did he have it yeah. coming? And he's like, we've all got it coming. And that's what you feel about every single one of these people. There's nobody. Well, not true. There's the one guy, but then he's involved in a crim- crime, but the guy who was, um, the friend, Steven's friend, yep. Steve-O's friend, he seemed like the least, um, you know, criminal type. He's just sort of like along for the ride kind of thing. Just for the hundred books. Then again, yeah. <laughs> but then he is involved and he is part of a crime. And so you have to go with that one thing. But that's the only thing about his whole character that we find out at all. And so you're a little less inclined to think he deserves whatever he's got coming. But. I like that it was nicely balanced. And, and cleverly, because it is a gun deal happening. There's no shortage of guns and bullets, because they bring those to the party kind of thing. So, there are some other things in the movie, like some outdoor extra... Like, there's a third party that mm-hmm. kind of come along, um, which adds some... You know, adds a bit of thing to it. And then there's a, that, that guy, what's he? I don't know what he's called, but he, the guy, you know, who turns up to help. Kind of cruises in in his silent car. Oh yeah, I don't know. He was. It's yeah. like um. <laughs> but but yeah, I did. Unclear. Um, I did feel as soon as it start, people started shooting. Okay, nobody's living through this. Nobody is going to be one of those type of movies. But that didn't make me think. Well, it's pointless. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because I wanted to see what happened to each and every one of them. Like kind of like when you watch um, a slasher movie, and all the all the pe- pieces are set up at the beginning. Like a Friday the Thirteenth, and you do care about each of the individual counselors or whatever. Like you can't, you know. You're do like, you? Oh, well, he's do a you? creep, and I really like her. Do you really? And you know they're all going to die <laughs> immediately. Spoiler you alert! Still see how <laughs> you're spoiling happens. every horror movie for everybody. Yeah. all at once. So everybody might die in this movie, or somebody might survive, or it might go anyway. I'm not going to spoil that part for you, so you have to watch it for that. <laughs> So yeah, I think it was like, I think it was well made. It's all in one location in this big warehouse. Um, it doesn't ever go outside that location. Well, they stand outside the warehouse yeah. at the beginning, and then the rest of the movie's in the warehouse. And now that might seem like, hmm, that's going to be boring, right? Because visually, it's always the same. But there's many different camera angles, and the actual warehouse changes due to some explosions and positioning of things. So it feels different at certain times. Um, 
there's a lot for these actors. There was a lot of crawling in crap. And yep. Once the shit hits the fan, there's a whole lot of crawling. crawling. And you would have, you could say, <laughs> it's like watching, as Louise on Bob's Burgers would say, that idiot in the crevice who cut off his arm. Like, you're just looking at a guy. What's his face? You oh, know? 27 hours. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's just in a hole. Yep. Trapped. And that's all you're seeing. A few flashbacks, but not much. Yeah, exactly. That's so to make it interesting and not make everybody look like the same person crawling, it's very, very interesting how they make it so that once you've been introduced to all ten of these people, as soon as they're all mucky and dirty and bloody and crawling in the dust and the dirt and the kind of like smoke of it all, you still know who it is. Yeah, they're, they're individual enough. Yeah. It's a, it's really good. I thought that was really well done. That was one of my favorite things, actually. Yeah. So, um, moving on to the cast, um, Shelto Copley plays Vernon, and I'm a fan of Shelto Copley. I don't think you are fully. Not as much as you. He's I, all right. I, District Nine's my favorite thing he's done. I thought it was fantastic that that movie. Um, but I found him fantastic in this movie. Yeah, really like, good. Like it was almost like the when he arrives. And he doesn't arrive at first. He, he turns up. It the movie kind of changes a bit, like because it, it, it that's when it actually starts to be a bit more comedic. A little bit, but not like grossly. No, you know he has um he, he's he's South African, but he's even putting on a ridiculous. <laughs> it is really. It's worse <laughs> than his accent. So it's like South African accent, but like amped up a little bit. Not like any South African would really talk. It's a bit. It's a bit weird, and his character's a little bit weird with his mustache and his cyber and his kind of designer hair that he's got and his hairy chest. <laughs> but he he's just really funny. Like he's he's also menacing. But then at the at the beginning when he turns up to sell the guns and they bring the guns in, I'm like, well, he's the reason he's menacing, even though he's funny, is I haven't got a clue what he's going to do. He seems really random to yeah, me. Yeah, he could like, be the unhinged one, right? But then he. He kind of takes, he has a bit of a transformation throughout the movie. Like he, he's like a bumbling idiot sometimes. And sometimes he's like scared. And sometimes he's, Oh, fuck this. I'm just going to kill everybody. Like, um, but yeah, I really thought he was really funny. You know, he reminded me of, um, in uh, terms of, do you remember that horror movie we watched from South Africa with the, uh, was it from South Africa or was it from Australia? It was kind of like the Evil Dead, and there was an Aborigine guy, so it must have been Australia. Road to War, Warbrook or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it had the his character had the feel to me like he was from that movie. It's kind of a bit, it's a bit silly. It's a bit amped up, but he will uh, kill you. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's actually actually going to kill everybody. Um, but he was my favorite thing in this movie. Um, I've seen him in movies where he's not actually. You know, he's kind of a bit shitty, but he, can't, he really fit this one. I agree. Uh, Sam Riley plays Steve-O. What did you think of Steve-O? Yeah, he was good. At first you're like, uh, he's just a cartoon, but like it kind of worked. Yeah, he's kind of just like a, yeah. a henchman, mob henchman or something like that, right? Definitely. Uh, just, you know, along for some to get some money and just kind of a bit simple. But there's a reason, there's a reason in this movie, well, he's kind of... His character hinges around why everything becomes undone here at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, kind of him, his, the two, yeah. It's kind of his fault. Yes. <laughs> Partially. Yeah. 
Um, Michael Smiley, who's an Irish actor who you've probably seen in a lot of British TV, Irish TV, uh, plays Frank. He's always good. He's kind of the hard man, always. So he's kind of typecast, but he does it well, don't you think? Me, to be honest, I, I didn't realize he was anybody because he was just kind of bland. Oh, he's he's been in a lot of like British mm. gangstery type stuff. That's what they always play him as, like the hard man. But that's what he does, you know. Um, Michael Smiley plays Frank. What do you think of Frank? Oh, wait, who were you just talking about? Michael Smiley, who played Frank. Uh, no, before sorry. that. Yeah, that's the guy I was talking about. Yeah, that's the guy I was talking about. It was kind of like, mm. Yeah, I, I just said him twice. Army Hammer plays Odd. Okay. We all know Army Hammer from uh, The Social Network and Zorro. Was it Zorro? <laughs> no, The Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger, yeah. Uh, Don't know if that's a screaming endorsement, but... No, it wasn't. But he did a superb job here. Like, he was funny. He was... I never knew 100% what he was up to. Yeah. He was kind of a bit crafty. That's what I liked about him. Yeah, and, um, you know, he wasn't too full of himself like he is sometimes. He just kind of tamed it all down, like... Well, his character was supposed to be. Yeah. So it would have been forgivable. And the only uh, female character we watched, actually, in Kong Skull Island uh, a couple of weeks ago is uh, Brie Larson. She plays Justine. What do you think of uh, Brie Larson? Much better. So you said to me before (laughs) we watched this movie, oh, I'm not sure about watching Brie Larson. Yep. What what was it that turned you off her? Like, Kong? Kong. You didn't actually like her in that? Uh, Well, no. I didn't like... Her character, and then by extension, she kind of... <laughs> Sorry, Brie Larson. Fell into that because it was just kind of boring and unnecessary. She was just there to be the woman. In this one, her character, as little as we know about her, there is a reason she's the woman. True. And part of her motivation is as a woman. Part of everyone's reaction is because she's a woman, and not because they want to fuck her, not because everybody's sexually attracted to her. There's none of that, just a little bit of like, let's go to dinner. There's nothing else, and she actually participates in all of it. She's part of the deal-making, part of the gunfire, she's part of the trying to get out, she's part of the twists and turns, she's involved in it just equally to everyone. That part I enjoy, and she does it well. Yeah, I thought she was good, too. She, there's... um. There's moments, you know, when she's crawling around in the on her own, like in the black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of it almost goes into horror territory at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and there's somebody pursuing her, and you know, there's when you've been shot and you can't stand up because your legs have been shot. Not talking about realizing this other guy. <laughs> and the, most people have been shot in the legs in this movie at some point. Um, there, there's a chase which involves two people crawling down a corridor. Now, you might think, well, that's boring. Like, I, <laughs> But it's really tense the way they did it. So, um, Killian Murphy plays Chris. Uh, Killian Murphy is, I always think of that movie Red Eye for some yep, reason. It's probably I not his too. finest movie. Right? No. Or he was also in Bond. Yeah, it was. No, was it Bond or was No, it wasn't Bond. It was Kingsman, wasn't it? No, he wasn't in Kingsman. No. Uh, Inception. He was in Inception, yes. There you go. Yeah, there, there you go. That's his finest moment. Inception, good movie. Um, what did you think? What did you think of him here? Yeah, I liked him a lot. I feel like it. It. I feel like it was like controlled and subtle, more subtle. But you got. I mean, he's there to buy guns for the IRA. Let's not yeah, be deluded exactly. about this. He's a bad guy, and 
But for some reason, you also kind of root for him just because he asked her to dinner and she says no. And he's like, okay, okay, no, no problem. He's, he does, he's not like a hard man, but he's hard. Yeah. You know? And uh, I feel like he had the most personality or the most in-depth personality out of a lot of them. Yeah. Like, I felt like I knew what he was thinking and he, uh, there was a lot riding on this gun deal for him. Because it's his, like, like Shalto Copley says to him, what you're buying here is freedom for you Irish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there's a lot riding on it for this, this character, and I could see that he needed this to come off. Yeah. Without a hitch, which, spoiler, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work that way. Jack Rayner plays Harry. We saw him, I mean, I'm not familiar with Jack Rayner until we saw Sing Street last year, which is an awesome film that you should watch. It's a, it's kind of a musical. But it's really feel good. Like, if you're not smiling when it ends, there's something wrong with you. But uh, he plays the brother in Sing Street, and here he plays Harry. Uh, aside from his bad wig, which he did explain, <laughs> I can always spot a wig in a movie, and uh, sometimes they're distracting. I thought his was a bit distracting, but um, I think he played this Harry character really well, because <laughs> he's like, he has to be really funny in parts. And then there's the really sad part with the with the uh, yep when he's ride, ride, trying to drive away in the van. I thought that was really sad, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he did a good job. I, I'm not really familiar with him. I don't know what else he's been in, apart from Sing Street. But I really liked him. Did you like him? Yep. No. I thought it was really he's funny and bad, like that s- sarcastic. Assholey type, but then he says a couple things, and you're like, "Oh, I'm rooting for this guy because of what he just said." But then he's just he's just such a smart ass that you're like, "Dude, <laughs> don't be such a." But as soon as he kind of says what Steve O did, mm-hmm. I'm instantly like, "Okay, this guy's not as bad as that guy." Yeah. so I'm into this guy more. Like, so fuck Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, Noah Taylor, finally, who we just saw in uh, AMC's Preacher. As Hitler. Yes, Preacher is really wild this season. It's all over the place. Yep. Some crazy stuff. But he actually plays Hitler, not like, you know, actual Hitler, in hell. Um, so, yeah, that's Preacher. So what did you think of him as Gordon? He was good. I mean, he didn't have a huge part, you know, so... No, he's a bit... I mean, he does. He's kind of effed up, and... He, um... He's on the screen less than most people, I think. Yep, definitely. But, uh, but he does have a, you know, they do have to have interactions with him. So this is directed by Ben Wheatley. He actually directed one of the ABCs of Death shorts, the original one. Uh, we watched that. I don't remember his. It was called you, It Was You Unearthed. Do you remember that one? Because I don't. I don't think so, but if you started telling me a little bit about it, I'd probably figure it out. He also directed a movie called Kill List, one called High Rise, and another one called Sightseers. I've seen the trailer for Sightseers, and it looks really good. It's kind of like Shaun of the Dead. Um, I'm not saying it's a zombie movie, but it's got the kind of humor of Shaun of the Dead. And it's about a couple, a British couple, who are like really boring, kind of like ordinary people. And they go camping, and they... The, somebody gets killed, and then they get into killing people. Oh. And it's kind of done in a comedy kind of way, but it's kind of... It's got that very British uh, Shaun of the Dead style humor to it. So I'd actually like to see that now after seeing this, because mm-hmm. 
I actually think, after watching the extras as well of this director, some directors seem really up their own ass. I've noticed <laughs> over the last few weeks of watching different ones. He's a little older, so... Yeah, but doesn't he seem like he wants to make a movie and that's what he's interested in? Yeah, I agree. Not like making the money or... Um, Agree. Yeah, he's just... When he's on the set and he's talking, he's like, I'm just going to make this movie as cool as I can. We've got a smaller budget, but fuck, we can make this look really good. And he even... (laughs) They've got like a stunt where a van runs over a guy's head. And And it really is a van running over a guy's head. Yeah. uh, He said he stole it from Penn and Teller. They did it and showed you how they did it. And there's basically a counterweight on one side of the van. And a, a fake sponge tire on the... So they actually run the sponge tire over your head, but the counterweight means there's no pressure on your head. But uh to show the guy who's going to get run over that it's fine, he gets down and does it. And he's down in the dirt, and he's he, he just looks like a... I just read some trivia about him. He's really into video games, Ben Wheatley. And he um, mocked up this entire film in Minecraft <laughs> before he shot it. He made a Minecraft version of the warehouse, and he put Minecraft people in there as each of the people, so he could set the cameras in because it's a 3D world. So that's a man behind my, you know, man of my own heart. He also said a lot of the uh, camera angles for the shooting uh, were, co- you know, Call of Duty plays a lot of and Counter Strike, and that was the kind of thing he was going for. So. Yeah, I like this director. He's good. I really do want to see some of his other films now, because um, this one was pretty impressive for what they did. I agree. Extras um, on the Blu-ray. There's an audio commentary with director Ben Wheatley, so I'll definitely be listening to that this week. And there's the making of Free Fire. Uh, the making of is... It's about 20 minutes long. Um, it's good. What did you think? It's uh, Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's a good movie to see how it's made, because... I always think, you know, Hollywoody, you know, p- movies like this with like, you know, name stars and there's quite a few stars in this movie. How it's all going to be like super glamorous, actually, when they're not on the set. But this is not, you can tell. No. Like Brie Larson is like sat on like a crappy chair. The women are doing her makeup and she's full of crap because she's been all over the floor. There's nobody like... She's not in an Airstream trailer or anything. <laughs> it's like the, that it's, really is what you expect. I, I kind of think that that's just how movies go. But I guess when you've... This movie costs $10 million to make, which is not a lot for a movie. I guess you save money everywhere, don't you? But, you know. Do you think Brad Pitt just sits in a room depends off the back on the, of the... It depends on the movie. Yeah, probably. Depends on the movie. So, um, also, another thing I want to mention about this movie is it's got some really cool 70s music kind of music that you don't expect to be played during action scenes, yet <laughs> it works. Um, By whatever do you mean? What do you mean? Whatever do you mean? You don't think John Denver goes with action sequences in a gun movie? It doesn't seem to. <laughs> it, 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 if you put it on paper and said, we're going to play uh, any song by John Denver during a shootout, I would say, how does that work? Like, well, can't we play um, Freebird? You know? <laughs> or something Why? Like that. What's wrong with John Denver? Well, that's a very, very, very slow ballad type music. Um, but yeah, I liked, I really liked the music in this movie because it really sets the scene at the beginning. And uh, it's not the stuff that you expect 100%. Because, you know, a lot of people, 
a lot of people use the tried classics for exactly. shootouts. So why be boring? That's what I'm saying. It's a good. It's a good thing. So uh, yeah, conclusion on Free Fire. Would you recommend this to uh, the world? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people would enjoy it. Who like constant gunfire? <laughs> it's. It does take a certain, like, I'm not a fan of gun shootouts, but it does have a character side to it. So, it's very specific. Yeah. I think. It's not really like anything you've seen, I don't think. I think it's quite, it's, I mean, there are a couple, but it's fairly unique in the fact that it's all centered around one location and it is literally a massive gun battle for the, there's no complicated setup or, and then it, you know, like heat, for instance. There's a load of story to heat, and there's a load of, and and then there'll be some gun battles. This is really like a good balance of a little bit of a story and a big gun battle, right? Yeah, it is actually. Whereas that might you might say, well, that's a bit shallow if it's just mostly a gun battle, but it's not because the characters kind of make this gun battle interesting. They're not boring characters; <laughs> they're all pretty entertaining in their own way. So yeah, I'd recommend it. I think it's really fun. I didn't know what to expect, and uh, it was a bit of a surprise for me. I enjoyed it. So uh, we recommend. Uh, thank you to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. And uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to com. You can win some stuff. Next week's uh, Blu-ray review will be King Arthur, uh, Legend of the Sword. That's Guy Ritchie's take on King Arthur. And we saw the trailer for that, and it looks kind of epic. If, do you not agree? Yeah. Um, you know, big special effects uh, epic with uh, Jude Law. So we'll watch that next week and tell you what it's all about. Movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of Free Fire. And I'm going with a movie that is a similar type of premise. And that's Reservoir Dogs. All set in one place, in a warehouse. Everybody shooting at each other. Uh, and a lot of dying. <laughs> and my other one is not because it's the same kind of thing. Uh, it's just because it's more of the vibe of this movie, and that's Smoking Aces. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It has the same kind of cool kind of vibe that this movie has. It's cool, and it's about shooting people, <laughs> you know? And that's what Smoking Aces is. It's uh, the same type of thing. So I recommend both of those. I don't recommend Smoking Aces 2. They did do a sequel, but it was not very good. No. So I, I don't recommend that. So yours are? Mine are one of my favorites of all time. True romance. And only because of the end. Yep. Not because the whole movie isn't awesome, but there is an end where it's just like everybody's screwed and everybody's doing something bad. And everybody gets kind of their comeuppance. And guess what? The end of that movie is very similar to the end of Reservoir Dogs. Both written by the same guy. Correct. (laughs) Quentin Tarantino. It's a very similar ending to both. And my other one is Killing Them Softly. And that's because not necessarily the... Is more of an up close character things. Brad Pitt, assassin, whatever was he a mercenary assassin? It's got some really intimate character oh, moments. There's a link between these two movies. A bit. Brad Pitt and James Gandolfini. What was James Gandolfini got to do with this one? He was in Killing Them Softly. You mean my two recommendations? Yes. Yes, he was True in Killing Them Softly and in True Romance. And, and Brad Pitt also. And Brad Pitt was nothing to do with True Romance. Oh, Brad Pitt was also in yeah. True Romance. Holy shit. They're, they're in both. 
<laughs> so Brad Pitt was in True Romance, in yeah. Killing Them Softly, and is one of the executive producers of this movie, because he... Right? Yeah, he actually is, yeah. It's um, part of A24 get, films. Get me some cleaning products. Damn, adds like two degrees from Brad Pitt. <laughs> and, and James, kind of thing. Well, he's not to do with this one, but yeah, he's in both of those movies. Beer and cleaning products. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Brad Pitt from True Romance. So those are my recommendations. Um, yeah, so that's our recommendations for this week. Some good homework for you if you want to watch some cool movies. Games and A Scully stuff. I've uh, been playing a game called Pyre this week. P-Y-R-E, Pyre, like funeral pyre. Um, it's the new game from Supergiant Games. They're the guys who made Bastion and Transistor. Now, they're um, what, what they're famous for doing, their games are like hand-drawn. They're not like 3D animated. They just, they're all uh, hand-drawn. It looks really cool. So Pyre is uh, it's like an RPG, and you're guiding these characters through this world. And... The actual main crux of the game, believe it or not, is like a little, it, it's, it's a, almost like a sports game, like NBA Jam, like basketball, but it's, it involves magic and different characters that can do different things and spells. So it's like a cross between a sports game and a RPG, traditional RPG, where you're talking to people and making decisions and, and it is very, very unique. I've played like maybe the first two hours of it, and I really like it. The way it looks is incredible. And Supergiant Games are really famous for doing really awesome soundtracks. And there's singing. There's actual songs that are relevant to the game. It's not just somebody singing a song. The song actually fits into the plot of the game. Um, so yeah, uh, Pyre. It's really quite cool. I would uh, recommend it. It's on uh, PlayStation 4... And on Steam as well. And the other thing, there might be like one of you out there, or, or two maybe, <laughs> that um, Sony, probably about five or six years ago, made a internet alarm clock called the Sony Dash. And uh, I bought one for you for Christmas one year. Correct. And, uh, you know, it, it's an alarm clock. Six nights to your bed. It does all kinds of things. Netflix and, you know. It's it an, did. Yeah, it's an internet alarm clock. So, it was. So along the way, Sony, they, you know, you go to your alarm clock and it says there's a firmware update available and you click it and it updates it and adds new features or whatever. But over time, Sony have been releasing firmware um, and it's been deleting features. So they lost their deal with Netflix and they can't stream that anymore. So they just removed it from their device and they... Think it just started to get less and less features as it went along in the years, which is kind of shitty for something you paid for. That on the box says plays Netflix, so they turned Netflix off. Uh, eventually, when it got to the point, it really didn't do much apart from being an alarm clock, right? Correct. Um, and it's a little computer, you know. It's it's a very advanced alarm clock, like a two hundred dollar alarm clock, basically at the time. Not that that's what I paid for it, but oh, I know. That's how much it was when it came out. So, uh, in in the middle of July, I went up. To, the clock was lit up, and I was like, "What's going on here?" And it said, "Do you want to do the new firmware update?" And I just pressed OK, which obviously you would, because it didn't say anything. It just said, "Do you want to do the new firmware update?" So I pressed OK, and then the clock wouldn't work anymore. <laughs> All it displayed was the Sony logo on the screen, and there was a little telephone number at the bottom in very very small print. You had to get right up to it. 
So I didn't bother phoning the telephone number. I just went to Reddit, which is usually a good place to find some answers to anything. And there was a whole thread there about... And this thread was from months ago, that Sony have already told everybody that on the 17th of July, they are stopping support for the Sony Dash. They will issue a firmware update, and from that day on, it will be unusable. Like, you can't use it at all, because it relies on the internet, and they've got no servers anymore. So it does nothing now. It's just a little screen that displays the word Sony. Yeah, it doesn't even let you tell the time or anything. No. It just displays the word Sony, and there's a telephone number. So, you might think, I was kind of irritated by that. So, (laughs) I called the number, and uh, somebody was... It was an Indian call center, unfortunately, and the guy was didn't understand what I was saying most of the time. I understood him, but it was pretty difficult to deal with him. But I'm not it, saying that every person from an Indian call center is difficult to deal no, with. No, that's though. what I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't have <laughs> problems with him, but he had problems understanding me, which is like, you know, I was, I'm like trying to spell out my email address to him, and he kept reading it back wrong. But eventually, we got all the details in the system. Now he said, "Well, what Sony are doing here is." Uh, because you bought that alarm clock and now it's a non-functioning alarm clock, we'll give you an alarm clock. So they replaced our $200 alarm clock with a $20 alarm clock, basically, right? The center's a new one. Yeah. And it's just a standard alarm clock, like a clock radio. Um, it's cool, but it ain't a $200 radio. <laughs> it's, a, it's a literally a $20 radio. So at least Sony gave us a replacement alarm clock, but... Actually, you know, making something you bought completely obsolete and won't work anymore seems re- seems almost like a class action lawsuit to me. It just seems rude. So the- it's like my car won't start anymore because Ford decided that their software doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Just have to. Not that my, that software won't work, like sync won't work or the radio won't work. It's the car that won't work. Yeah, it's literally like. You bought a Lamborghini, right? And uh, Let's had, stick with the Ford, shall we'll we? With a Lam- well, well the, <laughs> there's more to this. You buy a Lamborghini, and it costs you a lot of money, and you uh, drive it for a while, and then they send a firmware update to it and say, well, that software in the car is really old now, so we just have to disable the car, and you have to come and, come and get a replacement. And then when you go to get a replacement, they give you like a, a Fiat 500, like a, a, ty- you know, a, a really cheaper car. And you're like, oh, great. I mean, I don't have any sympathy for the Lamborghini person, so I don't know if that's a good analogy, but I'll But, I'll, I mean, they replace your <laughs> amazing thing with a cheaper thing, that, uh, you know, and then you're supposed to be happy with that. Anyway, there is, a uh, like, a happy story to this. So if you do own one of these Sony dashes, if you go to chumby.com, now, Chumby is another um, internet alarm clock, and the Sony Dash is actually based on the Chumby model. Do you think everyone's super interested in this? Since, well, let me finish. So you go to <laughs> you go to um, Chumby.com, and you, they have a forum, and then you go to the Sony Dash section. Now, Chumby have decided, oh well, this is shitty that people have these Sony clocks and they don't work anymore. So they've actually wrote a piece of software that. Removes all the Sony stuff and replaces it with their Chumby stuff. Uh, it's not actually available just yet because they're beta testing it, but it, within a week it will be available. So if you do have one of these clocks and it doesn't work anymore, if you go there and put that new firmware that they've made, it will work again. So basically Amazing. What, what we got out of this is a free alarm clock and also our dash will work again in a few days. So if you do have one of these and you've noticed it doesn't work anymore, have a look into that because... Uh, 
it didn't take long, and we what we got the new free alarm clock within a few like three days or something. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, games and a schooly stuff. That is my stuff for this week. Uh, what is Stanguli? Um, Stanguli is a horror host, as they like to call them in the industry. He dresses up kind of funny, and he tells what he thinks are funny jokes, and he hosts a two-hour show in which he plays an old movie. It could be an old universal horror movie like Frankenstein, Dracula. It could be like a 70s kind of flick like or the car, you know, sort of like yeah. the secondary, not B, but like G horror movies. And tonight it is Curse of the Undead from 1950-something. Nine. And it is a Western horror movie with vampires. Like so a vampire. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, it sounds really... I've never seen it, so bring it on. And uh, what is for dinner? Tonight will be leftovers and whatever else. What is leftovers? <laughs> leftovers. Last night we had some rice and curry. Oh, yeah. Yummy. That okay. was really good. Now, if there's not enough of that, I don't know. I've got... don't have much of a backup plan, except if I'm out of here in time. I might actually get some... We haven't had sandwiches for a while. So, I don't know. Mostly leftovers. Sandwiches sounds good. Yeah, sandwich does sound good. So, it could be Jimmy John's. We'll be out of here in time. It's only 7 p.m. It is. Um, uh, yeah, and, and sorry about if you can hear thunder in the background. I can't really do anything about it. <laughs> we, we cannot control the weather. Uh, so what's your advice before we leave? My advice is, um, it's pretty basic. It's just say it. You know, if you want to, if you have a friend who's, you th- look at them or listen to me, you just think, you are just so awesome. Like, you're awesome. You're so clever or you're so, like, whatever. But you just think it and you think, well, that would sound weird if I say it out loud. No, it won't. I mean, it might, but who cares? Because you never know when in five minutes or five days or five years from now, that'll be it. And you will think to yourself, I I hope that person knew what I really thought or wished I had said it. Or if somebody gets sick, often we will then tell them. The things, you know, like, oh, will you inspire me or whatever. But just, if you think that kind of thing, just say it. And that's it, really. Nice. Very, very well said. <laughs> pretty very basic. Su- very pretty succinct, basic. Very on the, on the topic, on trend. <laughs> on trend? I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> so uh, I want to remind you about our websites. They are also on trend. com and sitout.com. You can catch us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can see all the archives there. You can listen there. You can subscribe there. You can email me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And um, I want to say, uh, stay classy, Mr. Ben Wheatley, the uh, director of this movie. I'm interested to see what he what he can do next. I also want to say, watch Twin Peaks on Sunday night. Every Sunday night is just the best at the moment. <laughs> Twin Peaks and Game of Thrones. Twin Peaks is my first choice, but uh, what an amazing show. And Sinto? I'm going to say, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. You fill up my senses like a night in a forest, like the mountains in springtime. Like a walk in the rain 
Like a storm in the desert Like a sleepy blue ocean 